Hello, and welcome to BCF Moment of Truth. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship, a non-denominational campus ministry, and our mission and vision is to lead students to Christ and prepare them to become reliable men and women that God can entrust with his word for the next generation. We welcome you to tune into a moment of truth. The purpose for this podcast is to tackle relevant topics that college students, high school students, and even those who are out of school face with on a daily basis. Things that really challenge us in our Christian walk, things we have questions about, things that the world is trying to pervert. So this podcast was inspired by the Holy Spirit to address those topics and shed light and shed the truth so that we can all walk knowing what is good in God's sight and how to please him. So on that note, welcome to our very first episode. Hallelujah. The topic for today is grow, longevity and fruitfulness in Christ. And with that, I want to welcome our special guests for today. We have our very own national director, Dr. George Uday. Hello. We welcome you to this podcast. I hope you benefit from it. Amen. And we have Daniel Akimribade from Bowie State University. Amen. Praise the Lord, all you saints. <laughs> and we also have Blossom Ajuku, alumni from the University of Maryland College Park. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So on that note, I'm just going to pray really quickly. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. I pray may a word come forth and may every person who is listening, wherever they are around the world, may their hearts be like good soil to receive what you are saying here, God. May it fall upon good ground and may they go and bear fruit in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So again, the topic for today is grow longevity and fruitfulness in Christ. And it comes from Colossians 2, 6 to 7, which is actually the theme for our national conference that we just came from in February. Hallelujah. It was awesome. It was amazing. God is good. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. And it says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So as we see here, God actually desires for every single person who says that they are Christian, he desires for them to have the truth in them, to be rooted and built up in Christ. He desires for all of us to be able to run this race until the end. He desires for all of us to say that we have died believing in God, dying, we have died in the faith. He wants all of us to run this race and not grow weary, not become overcome by the trials of life or beat down by the different things that society throws at us. But God desires for every person to fulfill this scripture that after we've received Christ, now we would walk in him and become rooted and built up and established. Amen. 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 So on that note, I want us to really break down the podcast today into two main topics. One is longevity and one is fruitfulness. So I want us to start out with longevity and I'm going to start with Daniel. Can you really just begin to speak on what is longevity in Christ? What does that look like? Um, So longevity in Christ is um, pretty much the duration that you actually have quality relationship with Christ um, is better than it's better to have quality over quantity. So it's not really about I served the Lord for 45 years, but I still don't know what repentance means. Um, it doesn't matter about how long it is, but the quality of time that the Lord has sustained you. Um, there's so many scriptures that actually speak on God actually sustaining a man, right? Philippians chapter one, verse six actually talks about this very thing. And I'm going to go read it really quickly if I can. 
It says, I am sure of this, right? This is Paul talking to the church of Philippi, right? And he said, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, you know, we understand that Christ actually came and died for us, right? And we understand that God has redeemed us. He is the appropriation of our sins. So that means we have access back to the Father through Christ Jesus. So in him doing that work in us, we're able to go and actually have access to the Father, but not just have a normal access or just have a normal relationship, but actually have a deep pressing relationship with Jesus. And through that, actually over a duration period of time is um, being rooted in Built up in Christ. Mm. And I love the scripture that you shared about how it is God who starts the work in us. Yes. And it's also God who finished it. I think a lot of times people get discouraged because they receive Christ, but now it feels like I have to do. I have yeah. to be able to make myself holy. I have to be able to make myself righteous. But the scripture makes it so clear that no, it is God that's actually doing the work in us. Yes. And it's showing that God is actually the one who sustains us. God's the one that's able to keep us from the beginning until the end, but it doesn't always seem that way. So I want us to look at more scriptures. Um, Uncle George, could you look at Deuteronomy 8, verse 4? Okay. I will look, I will find it, but what, why I look for it? Maybe I'll go ahead and just read the one I have right now, um, which is uh, 1 Corinthians. Say that you can actually find Deuteronomy. Okay. I'll just read 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 8, you know, following up uh, from what you just said, the Bible says, He will also keep you firm to the end, Amen. so that you will be blameless on the day of yes. our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship yes. with His Son, mm. Jesus Christ our Lord. And this scripture is speaking about just the, the, the will of God concerning us to give us a future and a hope. Oh. Longevity has to do, like Daniel said, with quality of relationship and not just the volume of uh, I live for 60 years, Methuselah 900 and something years, but he was only mentioned like once or twice in the Bible. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's not about how long Jesus was there for how many years? 33 and a half years, if you like, but he established a kingdom that has no parallel. Mm. You know, so it's quality, but I want everyone to know. That's the will of God concerning you, that you live a quality, passionate life in Christ Jesus. Not half-baked, not not going here and there, not confused. God wants to make it happen. And God loves you. He wants you to stay with him till you die. Some people have very short uh, testimony, you know, two years in the Lord, the third year they are backsliding, mm. you know, t- uh, 20 years in the Lord and then um, the 40th year, they are no longer believers. All the ministers even don't last it long anymore. They're just easily frustrated out of ministry. That's not the will of God concerning us. They have students that get saved in their freshman year. Their second year, they are backsliding, you know, or they graduate from school four years and then the fifth year, you ask about them, they are now alumni, they are no longer believing and they are, they are getting married to unbelieving, unbelievers and they are beginning to live recklessly again as if they never heard about the cross of Calvary. It's not the will of God concerning 
you. Mm. So you can go ahead and read that Deuteronomy scripture. Yes. Deuteronomy 8 verse 4. This is God speaking to the Israelites. He said, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. So he's talking about when they were in the wilderness and it shows how God sustained them. They were going and wandering 40 years and it was actually their fault. You know, God said the journey was supposed to take 40 days. Yeah. So it's because of their sin and their rebellion that it ended up taking so much longer. But God in his mercy and his desire to see them grow, to see them, you know, remain in Christ. He sustained them and said, even though you're wandering to and fro, I even kept your clothes and your feet from swelling during this time. So again, it emphasizes the point that both Uncle George and Daniel made, which is that it is in God's interest that we remain in Christ. It is in God's interest that we are not cut off from him. He even goes out of his out of his way to assure that we remain in him. And I want to look at an example of somebody who actually walked this out and testified about this is Joshua in Joshua chapter 14 starting from verse 7. So Joshua is speaking and he says, "I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land." And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. So from here we see, you know, longevity in Christ is not a distant thing. You know, it doesn't have to be um, a roller coaster. You know, Joshua and Caleb bore this same testimony that God, the God who kept me when I was 45 in the wilderness is the same God now. But what really stuck out to me was that not only him, but even Moses testified that you served God wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key to longevity is serving God wholeheartedly. You have to be either in him completely or out. There's a point of decision of making up your mind that, OK, I actually want to make it until the end. I think if you don't see that and if you don't see that hope, there's nothing to even look towards. There's no joy set before you. Yeah. And therefore, you can't you know, you can't move towards anything. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you know, you can actually go ahead and read verse 12. It's amazing what you, how you just ended your conversation. There's no hope set before you. If you read verse 12 mm-hmm. of Joshua chapter 14, he says, now give me this hill country. Who was mm-hmm. talking here? Caleb. Caleb was now saying, see the hope. Yeah. He was possessing his possession. He was yeah. beginning to claim at 85 years of age. He said, now mm-hmm. give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Yeah. You yourself heard then that the Anarchists were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Mm. So we, we, we have to have a hope. Mm. As a matter of fact, the things that happen to us in our Christian work has to do with just us losing hope yeah. and not believing and working with God wholeheartedly. And that's why we add a scripture that we have not, we didn't even... Um, list for today and that scripture is from John chapter 6 verse 28 and 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 and, and 29 but many of us are just not focusing on the right things John chapter 
six, six, 28 to 29. 28, 29. I will read it. It says, um, it says here, let me actually read from verse 26. It says, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. With the Son of Man we give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do mm. to do the works God requires? Mm. Verse 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has yeah. sent. Yes. Mm. So many of us are looking for what to do next. Yeah. The next activity the next thing to do. We are worried about so many things. We want to serve in ministry. We want to serve in church. We want to do great things for ourselves. But God is simply saying, believe. Mm -hmm. That's the difficult work to do. Just believe. Mm -hmm. Believe that I'm able to keep you yes. to the end. Believe that I'm able to save you from sin. Mm -hmm. Believe that I'm able to prolong your life, to heal your sicknesses and your diseases. Just believe in Jesus Christ. And not believing hurts everything. Mm. I think even in that same John chapter six is amazing because if you go down towards verse 53 and Jesus is telling them, you know, if you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, or unless you eat my flesh, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And he's telling them, you know, the, the cost of following him, the cost for, you know, wanting longevity, longevity in Christ. He's telling them what it will take. And these people were considered his disciples. And you see here that at this very point, many turned away. Verse 60 says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Mm. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. But you see that they were not believing. They were not believing. And it says that some of them actually ended up turning away. Verse 66, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him because they couldn't see the hope anymore. But in verse 67, it's so amazing. Jesus asked, he said, do you, do, you do not want to leave too, do you? And Simon Peter answered, said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So again, the element of belief is what keeps because we believe that in following Jesus Christ, there is an expected end. His words are the words that give us eternal life and that help us to remain with him. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times believers now we're addressing the behavior, but not the belief. Mm. So we believe we behave because we believe a certain thing. If as a Christian, I believe that ministry or going to an event will actually sustain me over a period of time that thing begins to follow me so i behave because i'm like okay i'm gonna actually go to all the marvelous encounters i can go to i'm gonna go to all the proclaims i'm gonna go to and that's gonna sustain my walk with christ mm -hmm. but that thing begins to fail or fall short on itself simply because your root now, what you're rooting in, what you're believing in is actually things that's very temporary. Imagine like an event get canceled. Like, mm -hmm. what will you do then? Like, so our trust is not on the God of the Bible, but the, the God of the people of the Bible. 
So let me like re restate that. So what our trust is in now is not really in God. You know, this is why people aren't really sustained over a long period of time, simply because we believe that we can actually be sustained by, by what you would do eh? yeah, by activities, by, by activities mm. or the people of the activities, but not God himself. Mm. So a lot of times Christians backslide simply because their attention or their roots are actually founded on faulty foundation foundations. foundations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're trying to build on these faulty foundations, Jesus made it very clear that, you know, these things will not stand. You will not sustain us to the very end. But once we begin to actually believe in the God of the Bible or believe in his hand in our lives, we can actually be sustained over a long period of time. And then if we understand, if we start understanding that it's the, God is willing yeah. I, I say it all the time, yeah. even to myself. God is willing to save me. God is not pushing back on me. God wants yeah. to see me die a Christian, you know, that yes. whenever I die in 70 years from now, 100 years from now, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm already, you know, some Amen. people are like, well, God can do anything, you know. We're no, talking about true. sustainability. Yeah. 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 You know, sure. God, yeah. talking about sustainability, Hebrews chapter one, please. Mm. You know, because even sustainability is a very is an economic word. It's a, mm. it's a, it's a secular word. Yeah. The government wants to be sustained. Universities want to be sustained. Everybody wants to be sustained. But let's look at what God said about sustainability. Mm. And these people I just mentioned are copying from scriptures. Mm. You know, they're copying, but believers are not copying from scriptures, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, can someone read that for me, please? If you are, yeah. Yeah, so verse three, it says... The sun is the radiance of God's glory and mm-hmm. the exact, exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things of his powerful word after making purification for sins. Yes, mm-hmm. let me let me read from here. It says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, yes. sustaining all things by his powerful word. Mm-hmm. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. We just heard that he sustained the sandals, the, the garments of the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness. They didn't have seamstresses. They didn't have tailors. They had nothing to patch up anything, mm-hmm. but nothing was torn. They were not going naked. You know, it's amazing that in those days when they couldn't, they didn't have tailors, people were not naked. But these days we have so many tailors and so many people are naked. You know, so these are the things that hurt longevity. Mm. We are hurting God's plan for our lives when we don't dwell and abide in his will. But is God willing to support us to the end? Yes. But sliding is not God's desire and design for believers. Yeah, God is God is willing. I even want to um, touch on Philippians 2.13, where it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Yes. So it triumphs the lie that we have to strive to become like God. Yes. You know, the Bible says that by one offering, he has forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Yeah. So it shows that God is the one that is actively doing the work inside of us. He is giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And so if God is the one that sustains us, if God is the one that gives us the power to do so, if God is the one that causes us to remain in him, then why do we still face obstacles when it comes to longevity and fruitfulness in Christ? Why are there still hindrances? If God is working, if God is willing, then what is still standing in the way? Blossom, can you touch on that? Yeah, so in John chapter 15, if we could actually read that, um, John 15 
It says here, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So here Jesus is talking about that process of pruning, which um, that word circulates in the in Christian fellowships a lot. Oh, I feel that the Lord is pruning me. I'm in a season of being pruned. And what that season is, is, is we, we can identify in ourselves where the Lord is, is, is separate, is sanctifying us. Yes. And that process of sanctification, where we can then be able to walk f- with the Lord and produce much fruit, which he does want us to produce, right? Because those fruit glorify the Father. They reveal the Father to, to, to people on earth, right? The Bible says he's waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. And so when we feel that the Lord is, is, is doing that working in us, um, we, it, it's painful. It's very painful. Um, and the, and the Lord addresses it. And he says, though it is painful, he says in verse four, remain in me and I will remain in you because he knows it's very easy for us to walk away from that pruning process, walk away from that pain. And that's the hard part is to remain that though I'm walking in this dry desert and there's no water, how can I continue? He says, remain, just stay, just stay with me. Um, and the world offers so many opportunities for us to, to not remain one of them is social media Mm. right yeah when we feel like the lord is addressing us addressing a certain thing in us that it is uncomfortable to deal with and it's just too hard to sit down and and pour out your heart to the lord and 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 be required of and then receive instruction and assignment so easy to go into the world and and find other things to do find other things to self-medicate to self-heal to to self-comfort rather than allowing the lord to continue to reveal himself to you as the comforter as the teacher Mm. um and it is and i just encourage anyone who is in this process of pruning um, to just remain, to just stay. Because I tell you, that is when the word of God actually, which is our life source, when the Lord is saying, is saying abide in me, to abide means to pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention to what God is saying in this season. Though he, what he's saying may be rebuke and it may hurt, stay there. Uh, if they, if the, the, the garden of our soul is real and that is what the Lord is pruning. He's removing the weeds. He's separating the wheat from the shaft. And it can be very painful, but he's saying remain, stay. Um, and I just want to read another scripture, which is Mark 4, 19, which says, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. And what is that message? The message is the word of God. Mm-hmm. It is the seed of the word of God. The Bible says, receive the seed and plant it, which nice. is able to save your soul. Mm-hmm. But then the worries of this life, the, the, the uncomfortability of it mm-hmm. makes us want to separate from it. And the verse continues in Mark 14 in Mark 4, 19 says the lure of wealth, the desire for other things begin to crowd us. So no fruit is produced. Mm. You know, you're talking about longevity and the things that can hurt longevity, right? Yeah. I, I really think that, <clears throat> you know, we tell people not to smoke. <clears throat> Why do we tell them not to smoke? Because it hurts their lungs and smoking causes cancer. 
you know, and um, it's proven. It's written even in the packet, cigarettes, uh, you know. Yeah, it's written still, on the box. Yeah, yeah, people still go ahead so and do they, these things yeah. and they die. You know, they, they, a typical example in scripture, God did the same thing. In, in a, said the same thing in Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 30. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Mm. That's Holy Spirit that gives you longevity. Mm. Say, don't make him angry. Mm. And then he says, get rid of all bitterness, mm. rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ. God forgave you. No, so there are things that are anti-long life, long spiritual life. There are mm. things that are anti-longevity that if you begin to consume them, like, you know, the, the breakfast food even, they say don't eat fat, don't eat this, don't eat this, so you live long so you don't have a heart attack. The same thing with our spiritual lives. If we do not consciously begin to discriminate against the things that favor long life and the things that don't, we will perish, we will backslide. If you continue to live in sin, intentional sin, deliberate sin, you know it is sin, unforgiveness and bitterness will terminate you. So God is saying, get rid of them if you want to live long with him, if you want to stay long, if you want to keep a quality relationship with him. We cannot continue to ignore those things and think that we're going to do well. That's why backsliding is now the order of the day. Yeah. One minister is risen today, is preaching powerfully. The next, in two years' time, he's a homosexual, he's gay, he's this, yeah. he's a sinner, he's an adulterer, he's a liar, mm. he's a fornicator. And, you know, these things, they have a way of hurting quality relationship with God, and then we lose heart, and then we backslide. You know, mm-hmm. but I do have a word before my, my people put in Jeremiah chapter three. I have a word for any backslider. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone who is in a difficult place that's backsliding, because we're going to make a transition very soon. Verse 22, mm-hmm. Jeremiah 3, 22, it says, return, return, faithless people. I will cure you of backsliding. Mm-hmm. Return, faithless people. I will do what? I will cure you of backsliding. Peradventure, you are in a backsliding state. You have tolerated a number of things that are now like virus, hindering you from making progress, Mm. stopping you from expecting anything good from God, you know, hurting your faithfulness to God and your relationship with the brethren. Because if you're actually having a a difficult time with the brethren, you're having a difficult time with God. Some people pretend about this, say, oh, I'm cool with God, but not cool with the brethren. It's not possible. It's not true. It's not possible. We have to have fellowship with men and have fellowship with God. If you can't have fellowship with men that you see, Mm. we are probably lying about having fellowship with God that you don't see. Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, one scripture, I love what Uncle George said. Um, one scripture that Blossom just even read was um, John chapter 15, verse 3. Um, more specifically, it says, mm-hmm. you are already clean. Clean meaning holy, right? In this context. Because of the word I have spoken to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of times Christians aren't sustained over a long period of time simply because they're disconnected from the word of God. You know, when you're disconnected, Jesus said in John chapter six, verse 63, the words that I speak to you are life and spirit. 
So, you know, once we're disconnected from life, we're dead. Yeah. You know, once we're actually in life and actually receiving from the throne of grace, which is the every word of God. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible says, how can a young man keep his way clean? And um, Psalms chapter 119, yeah. verse nine, it says, how can the young man keep his way clean? Is by your word, mm. you know, and it goes on and says how, you know, your word have I hidden in my heart, you know, oh, and gosh, just different. Yeah. You know, that very scripture, David, that whole Psalms 119 made it very clear that the word of God or the commands of God or the rule or the instruction of God is actually there for us to be sustained. And once we're actually outside of the will of God, we can actually find ourselves in turmoil or death simply because the word that Jesus has already made clean. Wash this with Ephesians chapter five, verse 26. It says, by the washing of the word of God, by the washing of the word of God, he has presented his bride blameless, holy and clean, you Mm -hmm. know? And um, Mm -hmm. I think that's why Christians aren't long. (laughs) That's why we don't have longevity. We don't have longevity simply because we're disconnected from the word of God. Yes. I think when we look at this, everything always goes back to the word because even the word of God is what gives us the right perspective to know that. God has already made me clean by his word so I can come. Because a lot of people, when you backslide, you're in a place of shame. You're isolated from fellowship because of shame. The enemy has literally cornered you and said, no, it's over for you. You cannot grow anymore. And so that longevity no longer happens. You're cut off and you feel cut off. But the word of God will literally renew your mind and say, no, God loves me. Mm. God is willing. God actually wants me to remain in him. I'm already clean. I'm I'm already already clean because he spoke his words to me. Exactly. So now he's saying, come and abide in me. So having the word is so key. And, you know, now that we've identified okay what longevity is what it looks like and the obstacles and the hindrances that present themselves we're gonna look at okay now that we've made up our mind to pursue longevity in christ that means there has to be evidence yeah you know anybody who is actually sustained in their walk with christ there is evidence you can't say oh it's just me it's how i am no there should be evidence that okay this person is actually sustained in christ their life is showing that they're going to continue to run the race so there should be fruit that evidence is fruit, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of repentance. So I want us to look at that, look at fruitfulness, fruitfulness in Christ that comes from growth in him. As you are on this walk, as you are pursuing him, fruitfulness in Christ. Blossom actually started us off with John chapter 15, which is great because it talks about, you know, we are the branches that is in Jesus Christ, who is the vine. And, you know, continuing from where she left off in verse um Four, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It mm-hmm. must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think I'm just going to propose this out there. I think one reason why we see Christians who associate themselves with Christ for a long time, but there is no fruit because there aren't actually remaining in Christ. Mm -hmm. You can be in fellowship, but then there's no fruit coming from your life Mm -hmm. because the Israelites were all seeing the same miracles that Caleb and Joshua saw. Mm -hmm. They saw the Red Sea split open. They saw the cloud of fire, Mm -hmm. but there was only fruitfulness in their life because they actually remained in him. So let's talk about that fruitfulness in Christ. You know, I'm looking at the same chapter 15 that you um, just read, and I'm going to go from verse five says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Mm. Not even 
fruit, much, much fruit, fruit. Yeah. much mm. fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. He said, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and with us. So this thing about remaining in, in him is something we all need to study. Yeah. Because it looks like everything is around, wound up around it. Yeah. If you remain in me, if you I remain in me, mean. you are like a branch. If you do not remain in me, then you backslide. He said, you are like a branch that is thrown away and with us. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. So not remaining in him means that you lose your balance in him. You, you, you are uprooted in him. You are deceived by the devil. You are easily withdrawn from the battlefront. You are, you easily decline. So, but if you eat and then, you continue, he says, um, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, yeah. ask whatever you wish and it will be done, done for, for you. you. Verse eight. This is to me, to my father's glory. And I, I love that. Yes. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, mm. showing yourselves to be my disciples. Mm. So it is God's will that we bear fruit. It's God's design that Christians bear fruit, that we succeed that we are very successful. And it must be very clear here that many people, the world has interpreted fruit differently. Yeah. You know, they, they interpret fruit to be the number of uh, um, dollars in your account. Mm. You know, the like cars you the have. The cars you have, the buildings and- Degrees. And, you know, degrees, the schools you have went to, you know, uh, Taiwan schools, you know, they, 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 I, I would like somebody to address, to highlight some of the fruits that Christ is, is talking about. Yeah. I'm not saying that those things are not good. It's good to have a nice car. It's good to have beautiful things, beautiful wife and amazing children. Yeah. But let's talk about what God, how God assesses fruits. So uh, Blossom, do you want to yes. talk about the fruits that are, some of the fruits that are being referred to here? Yes. So the fruits are listed in Galatians 5, starting with verse 22. It reads, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And I want to also point out about the when, when the Lord adds fruit to our lives, that these things are to glorify God, as Uncle George has mentioned, not to bring, bring glory to a man, not to bring glory to yeah. a, a person, to say, yes, I, I have gained all of these things or to, for anyone should boast. Because as we read about what it is to even be saved, what it is to even be connected to the Holy Spirit, it says, for by grace, we are saved through faith and not that for ourselves, but it is a gift from God, not for works, lest any man should boast. That is, it's not for any, any man to boast, but only to give glory to God. And it's important to also di differentiate between the increase of God, what it is to be increased by the Lord and then to be increased by Amen. yourself or by man or by the enemy. The Bible says for, for, for the blessings of the Lord are given without sorrow. Mm. They are given without sorrow. So when you may see, or even in yourself or in others, that there's this increase in their lives, but yet there's depression, yet there's greed, yet there's still lust, yet there's still rage. These things, be mindful of these things, that that is not the increase that comes from above. Mm. And I kind of want to just talk about that because one thing we see a lot is that 
people will use the talents that God has given them to do whatever they want and say is for God's glory Mm -hmm. and kind of take his stamp and put it on there. But what we see here is that the fruit should speak of themselves. Yes. I don't have to go out and say, Hey, I am bearing the fruit of love. I'm bearing the fruit of joy. God is in what I'm doing, but it should be that it should be evident to everyone that look, God's glory is upon this from the jump. And, you know, a lot of times we don't see that and it it shows that, okay, maybe we're not actually remaining in him. And it goes back to that remaining in him because a seed that is growing, you know, all it has to do is remain in the soil, receive the water, receive the sunlight, and it grows and bears fruit and it continues. No one has to go and, you know, begin to say, hey, you know, like the, the, the seed doesn't speak of itself. It can't speak, but others see it and say, wow, that is a seed that is growing and becoming fruitful. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of times the, the very manifestation of fruit isn't there simply because the seed was tampered with. Mm. Um, Mark chapter four. Yeah, Mark chapter four. Jesus had this parable. He had the parable of the sower starting from verse three. And he said, listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, this occurred, right? Some seed fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it didn't have as much soil and it sprang up right away since it didn't have deep soil. When the sun came, it scorched it. And since it didn't have a root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and it didn't produce a crop. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop that increased 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. And anyone who has ears, let him hear and she'll listen. Mm. So, you know, Jesus made it very clear that the very, the very seed of the word of God that has been sown into one's life is actually the determinant of the very yeah. fruitfulness of the harvest. Mm. You know, that's what he goes on and he explains that very parable to the disciples from verse 13, verse 13 to 20. And he made it very clear that the word of God, once it's uh, sown into our life, it actually is going to produce a fruit. Yeah. You know, and Jesus said to the to the Pharisees, he said, listen, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So every word of Mm. scripture, every prophecy of scripture, every word that God has uttered to us Mm. is going to come to fruition. Mm. And even in Isaiah chapter 55, um, it makes it very clear that God's word doesn't return to him void, but it actually is a kingdom principle for once God speaks, it happens. Yeah. Mm. You know, we see that in Genesis. Once God speaks, it just happens. So when God says a word, it, he actually means it on purpose, mm. you know? And so once God says, hey, guys, you know what? You're actually going to be a man of very, uh, many nations or a woman of many nations. Best believe in some way it's going to happen. You know, some way is going to happen simply because God's word is fruitful, not you. Mm. What I see from what you're saying is that it's important not only what kind of seed is being sown, but then also where it's being sown. Because a bitter heart can hear the word of God. The seed can come, but that's not good ground. But then also good soil can receive a corrupted seed and that also will not bear fruit. Deuteronomy 22, 9, God, he says, you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed or all the produce of the seed which you have sown and the increase of the vineyard will be defiled. Mm. So if you're receiving 
both the word of God, but you're also receiving a tainted or diluted word or something trash. that just I call, I call some, some things <laughs> receive a yeah. trash. Trash, you know, because you know? I mean, go on YouTube, you can find a sermon about anything mm-hmm. and yes. someone can justify any and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to get, you know, knowledge from all these different sources, or if your heart is not in the right place, if you're still bearing unforgiveness, mm-hmm. bitterness, anger, and malice. So even, whether it's the seed or if it's the soil, it will not be able to produce good fruit. So yeah. both of those yeah. match from what I see, what you're saying. Yeah, even Psalms 1, yes. really quickly, Psalms yes. 1, verse 1, starting from verse 1, it says this, how happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked mm-hmm. or take the path as sinners yeah. or join the group of mockers, but instead his delight is in Lord the Lord's instruction and he, he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside the streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaves does, does not wither, whatever he does prosperous. Mm. So, you know, it's very clear that, you know, like you said, like there, there's going to be a bad message. There's going to be a faulty ground, but it's, it's up to the perfect Ven, Ven master, you know, to <laughs> literally dress us. Literally, we just read there in John chapter 15. It's literally up to God. But I, I, I submit to you guys this, that once we're actually unavailable for the vineyard master to come dress us, yeah. we're actually not going to be pruned or we're not going to be fruitful because we're not available. You know, imagine, imagine like a, a field that's out there that's occupied by someone else. Mm. You know, you know, you allow not the seed of the word of God, but the seed of the world to fill you, you know, so you actually have to make the conscious or cognitive decision to not be able Mm. to be filled by something that's not of God. Yeah. You know, the yes. seed of lust, the seed of death, the seed of anger, the seed of bitterness, all these different things that, that we read in, um, in Galatians chapter five, verse 19, starting from verse 19 or 16, you know, all those seeds uh, of the world, if it's occupying your, your temple or if it's occupying your garden. field, the yeah. garden of your soul, right? Yeah. You know, if it's occupying, how can God come and plant his very word mm-hmm. in it? Yeah. You know, and, so even, and even when the word is planted, those things we choke, choke it up. Choke it up. Yeah. Exactly. And make word, it you know, because, yeah. because we carry We're these things to Bible studies. Yeah. Yes. All those yes. choking things, unforgiveness, yes. bitterness, anger. And the word of God comes precious word. But yeah. they, immediately you leave, they are choking uh-huh. up, you know, these things. I want to add quickly yes. about this fruitfulness that it is God's will concerning us that we prosper in every Everything. aspect yes. of our lives. Life. Yes. You know, we have example. Abraham became so rich with lots that the land could not accommodate both, <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Right. They, no, had to, they had to separate. Unfortunately, yeah. Lot made a mistake and chose the Sodom and Gomorrah. But that was his, yeah. that was his heart being revealed. You know, yeah. what he chose was his heart. Yeah. But these two people prospered. Isaac came. Isaac, the Bible yeah. said Isaac prospered until he became very, very prosperous. prosperous. Yeah. Can you yes. imagine that? God is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. He, he, he and he has the language. He said he prospered until he became very Prosperous. prosperous. Daniel went to a foreign land in Babylon mm-hmm. and became a prime minister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joseph went from prison to, to the to, to the palace. Mm-hmm. From prison to the palace and, and flourished so much in prison that he became the boss in prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so God wants us to prosper. That, I mentioned Daniel, right? Yeah. And 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 all of us are expected to prosper. Amen. I'm telling you, if you are a teacher, prosper in teaching. If you are an engineer, yes. prosper as an engineer. It's God is ready. God, people think that everything about God is poverty. <laughs> no. And that's why he has told the, the unbelieving world. Yeah. Mm. 
and they don't see the greatness that we see in men of God. Not only do they have word, but they have peace. Yes. Yeah. Not only do they have word, they have expectation that somewhere, someday they will be with God in heaven. Yes. Yeah. You know, so they're not just walking and afraid yes, of who will spend yeah. their money that's in the bank when they die, who will live in their mansions when they die. We don't have fear of that because we know we're going to a more glorious place. place. So yeah. I, I quickly will add, as we round up, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, it says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Mm. So that everyone may see your progress. Yes. He said, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Mm. So there's something that Christians must make progress. Amen. All of us must make progress. And that's the essence of this whole conversation. Mm. Longevity and fruitfulness, they must go together. And we all must begin to pursue both. One final closing statement from Blossom. Yes, I just also want to add it add in the importance of invitation that this when we started longevity is not is not something that can be accomplished by one's own hands that it is God who is effectively at work in us both to will and to work creating and enabling us a longing and ability to fulfill our our purpose for his good pleasure that's the amplified version Mm. Um, but that is all true however none of that can happen unless we invite God into our hearts. We invite God into this walk with us. It is not something done with mere human hands. And I just want to read Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24, which says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And on that note, I want everyone who is listening now, you know, you've heard what we've said about longevity and fruitfulness in Christ, but these things are void if you yourself have not received Christ to begin with. You know, Colossians 2 said, now that you have received Christ, so there is first a place to receive him, to repent of your sins, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He defeated hell in the grave and he rose again on the third day so that you could know him, so that you would have access to him, so that you could be clean by the word that he has spoken to you. So I want to invite you, if you are listening and you say, I do not know Jesus Christ. If I were to die in this very moment, I do not know what my fate is. I do not have an expectation of eternal life. I do not know where I am going. I am not sure. If that is you, we want to pray for you wherever you are to make an honest decision for Christ. And you can say this very simple prayer, but what's important is that you believe in your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you shall be saved. So you can pray with me and say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, but I come to you this day and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again on the third day that I may have eternal life. So I ask you, Jesus Christ, to come into my heart and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, 
And if you pray that prayer, know that now your life has changed. And there are many opportunities for you to now get plugged into the ministry and hear about how you can grow, how you can now be sustained in Jesus Christ. I encourage you, connect with the ministry, connect with someone and get try to find someone who you can be discipled by. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship. You can find us on our website, BethelCampusFellowship.com or on Instagram, Bethel Campus Fellowship. But I want to read one last scripture. This is the hope that we have one day to testify. Second Timothy 4, 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. Yes. I have finished the race. I have kept I have kept the faith. I say it again. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept I have kept the faith. My prayer is that everyone who is listening will be able to say this statement before they go on to glory, that I live my life for Christ. I kept the faith. I remained in him and my life was fruitful, not for my generation, but also for those to come. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you for tuning in again. Stay tuned for more episodes of the moment of truth.